good evening whenever you are listening to this. Where are you right now? I would love to know if everyone is listening to this in the car, at home getting ready in the morning. I always tend to listen to podcasts in the car more than anywhere else. But you know what? I think that I am going to start making it a brand new habit to do some walking with my headphones and to catch up on some of my favorite podcasts while I am walking. I did that once this weekend and I really want to start repeating that and making it a regular habit. I have a few that I love to listen to and I love to start way back at the beginning when I find a new podcast and listen to all of the episodes. That means that when I find a new one that I like and it's been around a while, I really have some catching up to do to get up to the present day and the brand new episodes. So send me a little note and let me know where you are when you listen to these episodes. We also just started watching Outlander again. So again, there we are catching up. We watched season one and half of season two a long time ago, but we started to lose interest. So we decided to try it again. And now we love it. We are really into it. But when I took a look to see how many more seasons there were, there are seven seasons all done, and they're working on the eighth and final season. So we have a lot of episodes <laughs> to watch and catch up on, but it's really good right now, and we are loving it. Okay, so this week, we are going to talk about tiny little shift and how it can change everything. There are a couple of analogies that I want to give you. The first one is about the direction of a boat. Picture speedboat speeding off in the one direction. You are pointed directly toward where you want to go and you hold that boat steady in that direction. You will get there at whatever rate depending on the speed that you are going. Now, if you turn that steering wheel to make the boat go just one degree to the left or the right, it won't change your speed. It won't change the feel of driving that boat, but where you are going to end up is a completely different place that is miles off of where you would have ended up if you hadn't changed your steering. It's a small, minute change that you make, teeny little shift, but it makes a huge difference in the end. You get to a different destination. Now, I want you to take a minute and let that analogy sink in as you compare that to just one little thing in your life. Let's say that you keep your life pretty much the same, but pick one area of your life, just one for this example. It can be a relationship that you have with one person or your job or the way you eat or the way that you spend your free time or your money, anything. Now, I want you to picture what a huge change that you can make over time when you make one little change that you really stick with. Once you change it, you keep that change and you never go change back. You just stay on the new course. It's a permanent change. Okay, do you have a personal example in mind where you can see how this can play out in your life? 
and it can make a really big difference, right? I am going to guess that for most of us, you can come up with an example and you can understand exactly what I mean, that it would make a huge impact, but it might feel hard to keep a change permanent. It might feel like it's hard to not just try to correct that boat and go right back to the original course. But remember, I said that it only takes a tiny, small change. It doesn't have to be a big, giant, drastic change that has you wanting to run back to the old way. Just like the boat example, you only have to point it in a different direction just a little. And then the mathematics and the geometry take over. You are operating it at a different angle in comparison to where you were headed before. So you are definitely destined to end up somewhere different. That's the first analogy. And here is the second one. It's the old parable that you may have heard before about blind men and the elephant. They are traveling and they come across an elephant, which they have never encountered before. Each man is coming into contact with a different part of the elephant, and they're describing it to each other. One is at the trunk, one is at a tusk, another one the tail, and another one the ear. They end up coming to blows because they don't believe each other. Each of their accounts and experiences are kind of nothing like the others. And this is an example of how different people can be in the same experience and in the same moment. But when you hear them retell the event, it sounds completely different. I'm sure you can probably also think of an experience like this that you have found in your life of retelling a story in a different way than someone else at the same event and thinking that it doesn't even sound like you were at the same event at all. Now, instead of thinking of different people's perspectives from each other, I want you to think about differences in your own perspective. Think about a couple of different days at work. Picture you and your own job, your own real life, Think about one day when you go to work and you have a headache, when you didn't sleep well, and then on top of that, you were fighting with your spouse when you left the house. Compare that day to a day when you went to work and everything was just working out for you. You slept great and you don't have a heavy workload that day and your horoscope sounded fantastic. You have a great date planned for after work, or maybe it's your last day at work before a long weekend. Think about how differently you might feel about being at work that day. You might find that you have a radically different mindset about your own job when you are feeling different feelings and you are thinking different thoughts. You're just feeling different levels of health. All right, so let's use this idea this information to find something that you can transform today, right now, while you are listening to this. I would love it 
if we can find something in your life that you can make one small perspective change and find yourself steering on a different course that will have you end up in a different place. Let me give you some more examples of what this might look like. You have tried to give up smoking many times, but you get a diagnosis that makes you feel like now you are going to get healthier once and for all, and you decide not to smoke anymore, period. It's a small change, but big long-term results. Well, let's look at an even smaller change. If a nutritionist recommends one small change for you, let's make it drinking water. Let's say that you wake up every morning and you have one big glass of water or you drink your coffee. That's a little change, right? Well, I remember a long time ago, a nurse friend told me that the difference is amazing when you look at scans someone who drinks water in their diet versus someone who doesn't drink enough water, that it's surprisingly very, very visible. So one glass of water seems like a small change, but over the long term, that is a lot of glasses of water. Gallons and gallons of water difference over time. It's a big difference in your body when you keep that one little habit up. Okay, so those are habit change examples. Let's talk about a different kind of example, a mind shift example. If you make a little change in one thought, you can also end up in a different place over time. Let's take a common parenting challenge. And there are so many of them that you could pick, but let's just pick one. Let's say it's a toddler who wants to buy candy at the checkout aisle when grocery shopping. Now, of course, there are a million different actions that you could take that would change the problem. Don't take your child grocery shopping. Go through the checkout aisle that doesn't have the candy. You can change your behavior so that this problem doesn't come up. But I don't want to do that right now in this example. I want to show you how just a mindset shift can help. Let's say that the original thought that this parent has is I want to go grocery shopping and I want my child to act compliant and not embarrass me. That kind of leads to calling what happens next problem, right? A parent is hoping that they can shop, go through the checkout line, and get to the car, and their child has a quiet face, looks relatively happy, is displaying some calm, and doesn't start having a temper tantrum because they want candy that the parent doesn't want to buy or they don't want their child to eat. So yes, they can find solutions without changing that thought. Like I said, they can come up with an action to fix the problem. They might even come up with a system that they feel works for them. 
Maybe they tell their child that if they display calm throughout the whole store, that they will buy candy at the end. And that works well and good, except for if their child does not display calm before the checkout aisle. And then they have to make that decision whether or not to uphold the deal when their child is having now a bigger temper tantrum because they aren't getting the candy this time when they got it the other times. Or they decide to give in and get the candy and they basically throw the deal out the window, which essentially throws that whole system out of the window. But if they can change the perspective a bit, then maybe this whole incident isn't even a problem in the first place. The parent changes the thought from, I want to go grocery shopping and I want my child to act compliant and not embarrass me, to, I am a parent teaching their child how to go grocery shopping. Then this can change the parent's view of what happens. It's not going to change the child's behavior, of course. The child is still going to be a child and do what they are going to do. But if the parent shifts from seeing the child's behavior as a reflection on them and think of the child is having the job of behaving, then when the toddler or preschooler starts acting up, it won't have the same effect on the parent. They are only acting up because they are in the middle of learning how to grocery shop. You are teaching them how and what happens when they act in a certain way. When you can look at it as a learning experience, it opens up new options. You can prepare the child ahead of time. You can make a story about grocery shopping. You can show your child pictures of grocery shopping and talk about what will happen ahead of time. They might have their own little shopping list of things that child helps to get if they're an older child. And when they get to the candy aisle and they want candy and it's not on your list, you can look at it like any other part of grocery shopping where you are the adult, they are the child, and you are in this experience teaching them what happens at the checkout. If you want to teach them that choosing candy is part of that part, then you will teach them that. If choosing a candy is not part of checking out, not part of that part of grocery shopping, then you will teach them that. When they don't like it and they start to cry, yell, have a fit, there you are again teaching them what happens in the grocery store when they do that. I have been in this situation before with one of my children and I'll tell you exactly how I handled it. Now, I have lots of stories of parenting situations in which maybe I didn't handle it the best, or I would have handled it in a little bit different way if I could go back again. But you know, when you have the stories 
of how you handled something. And afterwards, you're like, yes, that was good. I nailed that situation. This was one of my proud moments where I was happy with how I handled it. I picked up my child right out of the cart and I parked my shopping cart and told someone who worked there that I would be right back from my cart. We hadn't started checking out yet. I walked my child over to our little minivan. I opened up the door. I put her in her car seat and I buckled her in. Then I got in the front seat and sat down and waited. I did not say a single word because it really wouldn't have done any good to say anything in that moment. She was upset. She was not listening to me. She was not open to a conversation. So I just sat and I breathed and I worked on maintaining my own calm. I reminded myself that here I was, I was the parent teaching my child how to grocery shop. And I was teaching her that having a fit was not going to be part of the shopping. Soon as she was done, I went back, I unbuckled her, I went back into the store, put her in the little carriage seat and carried on like it never happened. Now, I certainly talked to her about it later. And once she was calm, a parent certainly could have chosen to talk about it there in the store. I had just decided that I wanted the conversation in the store to just be pleasant grocery shopping conversation and not conversation about her behavior. I decided that that could come later. I can tell that as far as my memory serves, I can't remember her ever, ever having a fit in the store again. I know that if she did, I would have just reacted in the exact same way again so that she could trust that that is, in fact, what happens when you have a fit at the store. But I guess she believed it with that one lesson, and she didn't try it again. Now, that might be one particular child, and another child might test a few times over and over again just to see if mom or dad really means it. Now, the more consistent that you are in your responses, all of your responses to anything, the less a child will feel the need to test and see where those boundaries are. It's when a child gets different responses that they aren't always sure which response they're going to get. So they have to keep checking. If you buy the candy sometimes, and you say no other times, then it's definitely going to be something that they will probably have to keep checking to see which response it's going to be each time. There are so many more examples that I could give you in different scenarios, but I know that you can take this idea and you can apply it to any area of your life in which you can look at what's happening and Think about what feels like a problem. The first step to making a shift is always awareness. So you have to figure out what it is that you are actually thinking. Now that sounds easy, but sometimes you have to dig down to get all of those underlying thoughts that you have, but you aren't completely aware of. 
you might think that the fact that something is a problem is obvious. But if you dig down, you can always get to the heart of why something actually seems like a problem. If it feels hard, you can ask yourself, who is the person out there that could be in this same exact situation and would not think that this is a problem? Why wouldn't it be a problem for them? What is it I am thinking that they are not thinking? And then ask yourself, what is it that that person is thinking instead gives you a good place to start? Again, as always, I hope that you find this useful. And if you do, please share the podcast with someone else and let me know how it was useful to you. Have a fantastic week, my friends, and happy mind shifting.